Chapman University, where big ideas are born. We strive to become multidimensional, original thinkers. The kind of people who flourish in a challenging world. The kind of people who rise to every occasion. The kind of people who can accomplish anything imaginable. Welcome to Chapman Chats. This is a time for you to explore your options and do research on what different colleges and universities have to offer. We hope you can tune in to learn more about who we are at Chapman and get some general tips on the college search and application process. Hi everyone, it's Thursday, December 17th, and we are recording Chapman Chats remotely once again. My name is Tanaz Norian and I am your host today. I'm an admission counselor here at Chapman and also an alum, and I graduated in 2017. Today we have two members of the Chapman family here to talk to us um, about their peer advisor roles in the Center of Global Education. Morgan Anderson, thank you so much for being here. We are so excited to hear about your experiences. Let's start it off with Morgan. Tell us about yourself, uh, your name, year, major, a fun fact, and we are so excited to learn more about you guys. Yeah, of course. Hey, guys. Um, I'm Morgan Hennessy Shea, and I am currently a junior strategic and corporate communication major, and I have a double minor in the visual effects and creative and cultural industries. Um, I am a peer advisor along with Anderson. And a fun fact about me is that I have a beta fish named Asahi and a golden doodle back home in Laguna Beach named Fleetwood after Fleetwood Mac. That was an awesome fun fact. I wish I had a golden doodle. I need a little support dog. <laughs> Anderson, give us the 411. My name's Anderson Hill. I'm a senior studying business administration with a minor in advertising. I went abroad fall 2019. And my fun fact probably doesn't pertain to me, but I still think it's fun. It's that clouds, like they look light and fluffy. They can weigh upwards of a million pounds. Whoa, I did not know yeah. that. Whoa. And so Morgan, you made me <laughs> just like pull out the real fun facts, you know. <laughs> what our listeners can't see is us on a Zoom call right now. So I just want to point out that Morgan has a huge cloud behind him. So to realize how much they weigh is pretty crazy. So thanks for the insight there, Anderson. I really appreciate that. We're really excited to learn more about your roles and the Center of Global Education, a little bit about your experiences too. So Anderson, can you explain to us what the Center of Global Education is? Sure. So the Center of Global Education, or the CGE, is basically where all of the study abroad processes happen. And so whether you're a student looking to go abroad um, or just looking to find information, basically the Center of Global Education is where all of that takes place. So all the background information, where everything gets processed, um, all the information and like natural things that have to happen in order to make sure that students go abroad occur at the Center of Global Education. Basically anything study abroad that pertains to Chapman, it's best to go to the CGE because they'll be the ones who will be the most likely to have all the info to help you and to get, to, to get you to where you wanna go. Awesome. Morgan, can you explain your role to us as a peer advisor? And then Anderson, I want you to add some insight to that as well. Yeah, of course. So basically as a peer advisor, it kind of is what the title is. You are 
advising your peers, whether it be students or basically anybody that's interested in going abroad. We answer any of your questions that you may have and kind of act as a liaison between you and maybe some of the advisors or the upper management of the CGE. Um, just so we can filter out some of those questions that we might know for you. We can also help you in advising what program you might want to go on since we have both studied abroad in the past, kind of as acting, alum as acting as study abroad alumni to help you understand what it's like to be abroad, what are some things that you might want to do, what you might not want to do. Um, and we also give weekly presentations on what the process looks like and we help navigate you on the steps in order to study abroad. The way I kind of like to look at it is that Morgan and I are like the front lines basically. So we deal with all the initial interactions, whether it's like a student coming in virtually or in person, we're pretty much the receptionist at the front desk. And so we'll answer any questions that anyone has to offer. And like, we'll sit and listen to angry parents if that ever happens. But that's very rare, very, very rare. I've never had it happen to me. Just want to make that clear. Um, so yeah, we're like the front lines. And then our our job basically as peer advisors is to make, is to like pass on students from outside to uh, getting inside the global uh, the center of global education. And so basically we help like that transition period, you know, while the application process is happening. Awesome. And so you're transferring to our internal team in the center of global education and they kind of help students with A through Z. So finding the program application process. When it comes to finding programs, I feel like Morgan and I would probably have more of an involved role, um, where, more of like the back force and like the hidden like the the hidden members of the center of global education they come in to like when it comes to processing visas and making sure that all the academic requirements are met they handle like the serious heavy lifting when it comes to um like student backgrounds and things like that we deal with more of like like guiding them to reach that decision and then the back office does a lot of the heavier lifting if that makes any sense. So how many programs do you think students have to choose from? Over 100. Yeah, that's that's what is in our weekly presentations, at least as of right now. Um, we have a couple of new ones, but I don't know the specific number. It is, though, over 100 programs. Wow. So a student comes to you as a peer advisor, Morgan. What is the first thing that you recommend to them if they are under the blanket of, I'm not really sure where to start. The first step actually in setting abroad is gonna be signing up for one of our global first step sessions. And that is basically where either another staff member of the CGE or Anderson, myself, or another peer advisor would give a PowerPoint presentation discussing what each specific program is. You know, we have three different types. Um, what those requirements look like, what are some of the programs, how to apply. It's basically like a little study guide or just like a handbook in a presentation form of what you can do next if you're thinking about studying abroad. Because, you know, it can be kind of overwhelming at first, especially because we have so many programs. But um, signing up for one of those sessions is a good first way in getting 
involved in thinking about whether or not it's a good decision for you to go. Right. So what are those three types? Yeah. So uh, the three types of, I guess, programs that we offer are semester abroad, which is one of our most popular options. Then we have our travel courses, which occur during interterm, spring break and the summertime. And then lastly, we have our summer internships and those last about eight weeks long in the summer. Um, Those are completely customizable up to the person that decides to go. But yeah, those are going to be our three main programs that we talk about. The reason why we have that initial presentation, we call it a global first step session. Um, So we have that and we basically just word vomit all of that information onto anyone who's interested in studying abroad. Because the crazy thing is, is like as peer advisors, we don't know until it's specified what a student is looking for. And so until we reach that point, we kind of have to tell them a little bit of everything, but just enough of everything so that they can get an appropriate picture of what program would best suit their needs, um, when like the best time to go abroad would be, working with financial constraints. And so that's what uh, that first initial meeting is all about, is kind of like a crash course in everything that's going to happen should you choose to continue the study abroad process. Awesome. And Anderson, this kind of leads me into my next question. So I know you guys start with the global first step session. What about fairs? Do you guys offer those to students to learn more about studying abroad? We hold a study abroad fair, uh, whether virtually or in person. Uh, That's a great event where a lot of students can pick up a lot of information. So actually, um, after I applied to semester at sea in the fall of my sophomore year in the spring term I went to the study abroad fair and actually met the regional director I wound up meeting with him because he was at Chapman representing semester at sea and so the so basically what I'm trying to say is yes the study the study abroad fair is a great time for students who are interested in various programs to learn and get to know about what programs best suit them yeah I always remember when I was a student I would see the flags out, and that's when I knew when the study abroad fair was happening. Uh, But I know you guys have your own experiences with studying abroad, and I know our listeners want to hear all about it. So Morgan, can you start from A to Z, how you found your program, why you decided to go on it, and tell us a little bit about your experience? Of course. So I studied abroad this past spring semester as a sophomore, and I went to Tokyo, Japan, and I did the Temple University program. So the reason why I chose to go to Japan, it's pretty simple. I have always wanted to go since I was basically eight years old. Um, I have a lot of Japanese American, I guess, family friends, and they introduced me to Japanese culture at a very young age. I'm half Filipino, half white, but um, I was kind of introduced young and we would make sushi together. So I just always had this constant appreciation for the culture, how organized they are, their design, um, art, just basically everything I really appreciated. I also decided to do Japanese for my general education language requirement. And so I wanted to go to Japan to use not only my language requirement, but use some of my elective courses for Chapman, um, some major classes in kind of getting a different sense of 
specific education in Japan. I'll kind of go over what I mean by that. So I took a popular culture class in popular media, popular culture class in Japan. And instead of that being American focused, it was very much Japanese media, popular culture, which is something that I wanted to study. And I think if you want to go abroad and you're trying to figure out what country you want to go to, that might be something you want to consider is when you're there, is there something specific you want to learn about the country? Do you just want to take general classes? Because for me, I took a lot of Japanese culture specific courses in that country. So other courses I took was Japanese religion, um, as well as visual anthropology of modern Japan, which was super cool. And of course, those classes will look very different and hands on in that country. Versus if you take that same class here in the States, where it might be a little bit more textbook based, um, doing that in Japan was very hands on and very much project based learning. So that is something that I wanted to do. And kind of some of the reasons why I decided to do the country that I did. Chapman Chats is presented by the Chapman University Office of Admission. Have a topic you'd like to learn more about or a special guest you'd like to hear from? Email us at admit at chapman.edu. That's A-D-M-I-T at chapman.edu. Now, back to Chapman Chats. I'm always really jealous of the abroad programs that you guys get to do. I think they are so awesome and you guys gain so much experience from them. Um, Anderson, can you tell us a little bit about Semester at Sea? Explain to us from A to Z why you decided to do that program. Tell us a little bit about it, because I know it's a popular one for Chapman students. I always knew that I wanted to study abroad. Like, even in high school, I knew in college, like, okay, I'll find some time to study abroad in another country. I'll just work it out. Um, and my initial idea and plan was to go to Italy, like my mom had done, like, years prior. And so as a freshman, I actually went to one of the Global First Step sessions and I sat in, and I don't really remember a lot about it, but I do remember hearing about Semester at Sea. I'm a student athlete. I play on the lacrosse team. And I had a teammate who who got back in the spring semester, and I told him about how I was interested in participating in the same program that he did. And that was the worst mistake of my life because he would not stop talking to me about it after that. That kind of started as, like my abroad experience starts starts there basically because after that I applied for semester at sea uh, with Italy as a backup plan. My thought process through it all was if I'm going to be studying abroad and paying for it then I may as well make the most and see the most that I possibly can and I thought that semester at sea provided that opportunity for me um, you know four different continents in four months like who can turn down that offer and so I applied and I got accepted, thankfully, and participated in Semester at Sea for my fall junior year semester. People always compare it to like Sweet Life on Deck, like the, the Zach and Cody show. And I laugh because I completely agree, but like it's just not that. And like it's, I just feel like I should make it obviously clear. Um, semester at Sea is probably one of the highlights of my collegiate career and it's just some of the crazy craziest like most uh wholesome moments of my life have occurred on the ship and in country and um it's so crazy week by week like you're in a different location 
and once you finally return to the United States, uh, it's weird settling down, and it's been an adjustment period, and it still is, and it, it shows that I might have actually learned something while I was abroad, because I'm still adjusting, you know, this American lifestyle. Right. How do you juggle that all, going abroad, being a member of the lacrosse team, being in a biz- as a business major with a minor um, in advertising? How How is that time uh, management for you? I hate to say it, but uh, time management's like my worst skill, actually. And I'm really bad at juggling. So sometimes, you know, sometimes I drop a couple balls, but you got to remember which balls are made of glass and which are made of rubber. And you got to remember that sometimes it's okay. Like sometimes things just fall apart and you know, if we move on and then a couple days later, you look back retrospectively and realize, oh, it wasn't that bad. I guess what I would say to that is knowing your priorities and knowing what's most important at that moment of your life. That's part of what I actually say is that like, if like you got to be sure that you want to study abroad, like if you go through the process, if you go through the application process and like you're getting a lot of help and that's great, you should always ask for help. But if you find that other people are more interested in the study abroad experience than you are, it's going to be a lot more difficult once you actually go abroad and find that you're alone in a completely foreign country. You may not even speak the language that the surrounding culture speaks, and you'll find that you're completely alone in this whole new place. And so when I first had that experience, it was kind of horrifying, but... I realized like I had done so much paperwork and so like gone through so much effort just to get to that point where I was standing alone and scared while abroad. And I kind of just swallowed my pride and accepted it like, okay, we'll figure it out. And that was the attitude I took from there. I loved that metaphor with the glass and the rubber. It's so true. It really is. But Morgan, how was your time management? Because I know you are in a you know, hefty major, minor, how did that work for you? Yeah, so I mean, kind of total opposite of Anderson time management is probably one of my top skills. Um, but I, I really enjoy planning just everything out. That is something that keeps me sane and just helps my own anxiety is just making sure that I have everything in order. Um, and so I knew that from freshman year, since I started at Chapman, I wanted to go abroad. I was still trying to figure out what year I wanted to do that um, because there were so many things on campus that I wanted to get involved in as long, or along with doing what kind of internship I wanted to do because as my major, you have to do an internship for your requirement. So I wasn't sure, you know, if I wanted to do an internship abroad, if I wanted to do it here, if I wanted to go abroad junior year, sophomore year, senior year. Um, There were just so many options with going abroad, but I wanted to somehow put it in my college schedule, my college career, because I do think that it's an important aspect of being a student and um, it can really help you stand out actually once you leave um, university and into the real world. That's a totally separate topic. But I kind of first evaluated kind of what Andrew, Anderson was saying, my priorities. Um, Anderson and I are both involved in a co-ed business fraternity on campus called um, Alpha Kappa Psi. And 
I kind of navigated how I wanted to balance my involvement in our fraternity as well as my involvement with myself. Um, if I wanted to take a position, if I didn't want to take a position in my fraternity, there's a lot of things that you consider before going abroad. And so to conclude, basically, the reason why I chose to go sophomore year instead of maybe the more popular junior year is because I wanted to have time to kind of get involved more in my fraternity in the later years of my um, Chapman career, as well as possibly do um, an internship in my junior year as well. Um, I wanted to maybe focus my time and energy junior year to my professional life versus sophomore year, kind of taking advantage of that new experience as a student. Um, I'm also a resident advisor, so I wanted to um, do that my junior year as well as planning to do it senior year. So there was just a lot of things year by year that I planned out what goals I wanted to do. And so for me personally, based on my own goals, my personal and professional development goals, I chose to do it sophomore spring. So there was just a lot of different personal things that I considered for that. <laughs> I think everyone, including myself, should kind of look to model what Morgan did because as you said, is like the opposite of I am, but um, I just envy your proactivity and your ability to kind of, to know yourself well enough to say, okay, like I should go abroad this year because I have goals set junior and senior year. And I, like, I thought of it similarly, whereas like, but in the opposite sense. So I wanted to be so immersed in Chapman my freshman and sophomore year, and I didn't want to miss out on any, like, any chemistry building events or just, like, sort of, like, the introduction to the college life. And then my idea for going abroad in the junior year was, like, it would be refreshing to go abroad and then come back uh, for spring junior year and kind of have this whole new perspective. Anderson, you know, you're my brother for life. You're my P bro. You're my pledge brother. And, you know, I always love you. And Anderson is also amazing with everything. And um, I definitely missed him while I was at semester at sea. That is something I also considered is when are my friends going to go abroad? Am I going to miss them? You know, am I going to get FOMO from being abroad? And all of them are on campus doing things. I'm looking on Snapchat and getting FOMO because that is something that you also kind of might experience while abroad is are your friends having more fun than you or vice versa? Like, you know, my friends are all in studying abroad right now and I'm stuck at Chapman alone. That is something you might want to consider as well. Um, but I guess something to add to that is while I knew that I wanted to go sophomore year just because of, you know, like my personal goals, something I didn't know before I started my job as a peer advisor this year is that you're not limited in how many times you go abroad. You can go a semester abroad. You can do a full year abroad. You could go one semester abroad fall junior year you could do another semester abroad senior year um, if that's possible and you can really take advantage of really all of our travel courses if it is applicable with your major requirements and your graduation requirements so that is something that i think is really important for the listeners to know 
um, because you can go multiple times. You're not just limited to one study abroad experience. And that is something that I will definitely be taking advantage of getting to a study abroad travel course, maybe my senior year or um, during the interterm season. So that is something that I think is important as well. Agreed. That is something so unique about Chapman is all the options that our students have. But it always amazes me how much you guys have on your plate, yet you do so much. It's so inspiring. Um, But Anderson and Morgan, can you guys touch on um, how your roles have shifted as peer advisors during COVID? The interesting thing is, is that I haven't been a peer advisor outside of the pandemic. So I was actually probably the most recent peer advisor to be brought on. Um, I started this past fall. And so my entire time as a peer advisor has been remote. I like to think that my job hasn't necessarily changed much because like I still have the same roles. I'm still basically like a virtual secretary. I lead the global first step sessions and kind of introduce uh, prospective students into the study abroad experience. I guess I would say my role hasn't shifted because I haven't been here long enough to see the shift. I think the impact that we have is still the same for students who are looking to study abroad. Definitely agree with you. Um, Similar to Anderson, I also just got hired this fall as well. And um, it's been a great experience. I know from at least my personal um, experience with it, nothing has changed for me as well. But I could imagine some of the things that we might be missing out on, kind of what Anderson was saying in the beginning. We are basically the front desk for the CGE. We're the first people that you see if you walk in the study abroad center. And just having that human interaction is something I feel like is definitely different. We do have um, like Zoom peer advising and all of that stuff, as well as our Zoom presentations for the global first steps. That's kind of where we get the most um, student to peer advisor interaction but i would think that if we were on campus it would be so much more different because people actually have more of a drive to come into the office and interact with us versus it's kind of more difficult to get students to come on a zoom call when that's basically their whole life right now is virtual classes And so I give a lot of kudos to the students out there that take that initiative in um, going to talk to us during our peer advising hours and attending our sessions, even though they're virtual. And that is solely up to, um, you know, the individual for doing that. And so I give a lot of praise to the students that um, are still wanting to have that goal of going abroad and taking that extra effort outside of their virtual classes to come speak with us in learning about what it takes to go abroad. So I think that's something that's different um, as well as just maybe we're taking care of some of those questions differently. I think that with the whole pandemic, we're we're being asked a lot of different questions that peer advisors have never really been asked for in the past regarding the pandemic and just, um, you know, what the expectations are for the future, because it's so unknown right now. 
And um, I think that is something that's added to our role that wouldn't really have been a part of it before is um, like comforting the student that there is still chances um, depending on what year you are to go abroad and just keeping your head up and um, not losing sight of what you might want to do for your Chapman career. And adding on to what Morgan said, um, when it comes to planning study abroad, like studying abroad, whether it's a semester program or a, a summer internship or a travel course, the planning that uh, students and the, the members of the CGE actually do is months and often years in advance. And so we were asked questions about like, oh, uh, maybe I won't be able to study abroad uh, next fall, but what about fall of 2022? And so being asked uh, questions so far in the future, like I wish I could have a definitive answer, but um, like part of it is just maintaining the sense of hope for students who are looking to go abroad. And because um, it's a crazy world, like people are still going abroad. There are still opportunities to study abroad in a pandemic ridden world. And with, uh, with the vaccine coming out, you know, who knows how things will shift, but like Morgan said, sometimes the best thing you can do is just remain hopeful and our job as peer advisors has certainly shifted in that sense in that like we need to remember to be completely op- like not completely but like realistically optimistic during these times yeah to add on to what anderson was saying about being optimistic um i think it's actually a good way in getting you in the mindset before going abroad actually because going abroad you know, you might think that you're going to experience one thing, but you could experience something totally different. So keeping an open mind is something that um, I think is a skill that a student would need to go abroad even in the first place. So I think with this whole pandemic, um, it's kind of training and programming your brain to get prepared for the unknown. Um, so I think that is something that is different and what can be sort of a comfort in knowing that, well, I'm still kind of getting in that mindset of what's going to be out there, what to expect. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you both so much for joining us today. You both gave some great insight and advice. We will continue season three with more awesome episodes about studying abroad at Chapman. For everyone out there listening to Chapman Chats, make sure to connect with us and check out all of the opportunities we are offering to discover Chapman. But thank you both. I know it's finals, but you guys were awesome. So thank you. Thank you for having us. Season three, episode one. Let's go. Yeah. I'm kind of sad it's over. Let's like let's keep it going. <laughs> I know. Me too. Me too. We'll have more episodes with our wonderful, wonderful peer advisors and students at Chapman. So definitely check it out. But thank you everyone for tuning in. Bye. Thanks for tuning into Chapman Chats. Visit chapman.edu to explore degrees and programs, schedule a virtual tour, or even attend an information session. Need guidance throughout the application process? Be sure to connect with your admission counselor. We're here to help. We'll see you next time.